Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk. Harrison here alongside Dan Terhar once again. Dan, you caught your breath yet after yesterday? <laughs> that was that was kind of fun, wasn't it? I, I've been that telling was you, I've been telling you for months how much I like one of the best things MLS has done is their decision day and every team playing uh, two different start times. You know, no no game on Saturday, nothing on yeah. Monday. You know, and it was pretty fun. I gotta tell you, it was it was pretty cool watching things go. So it was amazing, just like because obviously we're broadcasting the game from the station. So on, you weren't able to see this because you were in the the other booth with Cal and Kendra. <clears throat> but in my in the brought or in the the boardroom, I had obviously our game up on the big TV, and then on the computer screen right next to me. I had the other three games that we were watching. So I had all four mm-hmm. games just in front of me, and it was just madness watching all <laughs> those, trying to keep up with everything, trying to keep you guys yeah. updated on the scores as they were happening. And I think yeah. my favorite moment no. of the broadcast was when – and we'll get to we'll get to the chronological order of things, but I want to skip here quick. My favorite moment of the broadcast is when Rail Salt Lake scored the last-minute goal, and I say Rail Salt Lake score on the air, and you can just hear Cal go – Oh my goodness! Right on air, you can just hear like oh. <laughs> you can hear the natural reaction. Just like holy crap, that changes everything from where Minnesota and LA Galaxy were standing at that point. Yeah, so, and then, because because at that point, you know, we thought a tie, a draw would be good for both teams. Mm-hmm. And up until that goal, and what was fun was you could see the bench in LA for the Galaxy. The word spread. And the look of horror on their faces you could when hear they it. realized we've got a score. You could hear it coming through as I was handing it back off to Cal after giving him the score update. You could hear the coaches yelling, "We have to score! We have to score!" Whatever they're saying, like, "Wow, you have to score a goal!" You could hear so, that come through the broadcast. It was amazing. So, so the MLS executives are just having—they're just yeah. This was their tears. Yeah. Tears of joy. This is what they hope for. Yeah. And this is, you know what? No, this was, that was more than they could have hoped for because, oh, you know, yeah, they yeah. really could have taken a different game. They could have put the, uh, was it, uh, Sporting Kansas City Real Salt Lake game on? And they could have put that one on. I, and I kind of thought maybe they would, but then we had the LA star power. We had the yeah. West Coast uh, star power. And, uh, and, 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 but, they made the right decision to put that game on. Chicharito didn't disappoint. Yep. Minnesota was the, the you know the the cardiac kids like they hoped they would be, <laughs> and I don't think they wanted LA to get eliminated, but they wanted somebody to get eliminated, and they wanted it to be dramatic, and it was. And Northern Sport, Northern Sport has been able to capture that. No, uh, occasionally in other sports you'll get a, a an instance where you know oh we just found out. This such and such a team won. So now it'll happen once in a while, you know, in the end of the, the baseball season or the end yeah. uh, towards the end of the NHL season, but it's not orchestrated like decision day is. So kudos to uh, Major League Soccer of all the things that they can't do and they really screw up all the time. <laughs> this one they get right. And I hope, I just hope they don't screw it up and decide that they have to change it. So. We're going to talk about another thing that the league has done well. That's coming up as we look. There's two Twitter. things. There's two things, surprisingly, <laughs> but there also is a thing that they completely botched, and it may have cost that. someone playoff positioning. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's all right. Let's talk about Minnesota United, LA Galaxy, three three, and oh my goodness, six goals in a match. Dan, what the what the heck happened yesterday? <laughs> Well, here's what happened is in the pregame show, I said that they're going to have to win this one 1-0 one or we could be scoreless and 0-0. <laughs> and, and zero, zero. So I put the broadcasters, you know, voodoo on that one, and, and then boom, we get goals coming right and left. And hey, this team is just so hard to figure out. They but really fun. are. It's at least fun. Fun, you know, if you don't like, you know, if you don't want nubs for fingernails and, and, and you, want, you, you like stress. You know, but yeah, entertaining is is a good word for it. They've kept things lively, that's for okay. sure. So the first twenty minutes go by, no goals, and then all of a sudden, goals start pouring in. Uh, <laughs> Rau- gets on the score sheet, something none of us expected, I guess. Although one of us called it, ding ding ding. 
We'll get to that in a little bit on Later. a very packed, yeah. a very packed and slight controversy filled. Write that down. Uh, that's coming up later. But Audrey Nunu gets on the score sheet. Uh, fast counterattack on that one. And that was basically the story of the night for Minnesota on their goals. It was either fast counterattacks or it was a set piece goal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a corner kick goal. And that's exact. And we talked about it in the post match show. That's how you have to play if you're going to be the road team in the playoffs. And Minnesota basically got started early. They got started last night playing how you're supposed to play in the playoffs. And they did it pretty well. Yeah, I thought that they started well uh, on the road in you know in a place that's fairly difficult to play, and I think there's much tougher places to play in than than L.A. But um, they started well. They didn't make any big mistakes. The defense seemed to have things under control. You know, I think uh, at that point the Galaxy had a pretty strong lead in possession time, but that's okay. Now, that really doesn't matter. And I felt like maybe there was a little buildup coming for that goal and. And yeah, it was, it, the timing was great. It was, you know, early enough where you felt like, you know, Minnesota had uh, put themselves in a good position almost halfway through the, uh, the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned uh, possession in favor of LA Galaxy. They finished the night, they finished the first half 60% of the possession. They finished the night on 59% of the possession. But mm-hmm. the telling thing is that Minnesota had 21 shots, uh, only three on goal. But still, 21 shots to LA Galaxy, mm-hmm. 16, when you only had 40% of the possession. So that goes to show that when they got the ball, they were getting it downfield as fast as they could, just trying to break the LA Galaxy defense. And if they get to the, or now that they're in the playoffs, that's what they're going to have to do every time. And we saw them do that last year in the playoffs, and they did it pretty well with Emmanuel Reynoso, Kevin Lino, and uh, Robin Lode up front. Now you have the attacking front that includes uh, Robin Lode and Emmanuel Reynoso, but you also have, uh, Franco Fragapani and Adrian Anu up there and all four of those guys now playing. What is it? I think it's their. This will be this upcoming game against Portland will be the 10th time. Those four have played together this season and they're starting to look pretty good up front with those four been, together. Yeah. It's been nice to see the lineup. Uh, we had a couple of red cards that we had to avoid and, and Ozzy got an accumulation this time, but we're starting to see that lineup look very familiar. And for so long this season, it just wasn't. And, and all of a sudden, the, the four guys up top look, are the same. And, uh, you know, the midfielder, it's either, you know, Ozzy or Hassani Dotson. And the, the back four, you know, once minus uh, red cards has is, is been very consistent. So, you know, knock on wood that there's no, you know, injuries during international play or during training between now and, and, and the first playoff game. But yeah, it was, it's been kind of nice to, you know, we get that lineup ahead of time and, and you open it up, you look at it. And all, lately it's been like, yes, you know, it looks <laughs> the same. This is the one we want. Yeah. 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 We waited so long for this and now it's there. And, um, you know, you just want to, you know, cross your fingers that everything, you know, holds up and stays the same because, you know, that's the key to this team is, is keeping this, those 11 intact as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the assists on the first two goal go to Ramon Mantanere and Michael Boxel. Boxel gets a special assist because he tried to do the bicycle kick. It oh, comes off his foot wrong because he's probably not used to having to try and bicycle kick as a defender. And it goes right into Robin Lode, who just taps it into the top of the net. Um, the guy who probably will want his goal back is Julian Araujo. 62nd minute uh, to put Minnesota up 3-2 at the time. An own goal there. Ajahn Nunu just blasted in the middle of the penalty box, and then Julian Araujo tries to clear it, but it goes off his foot wrong and right into the back of the net. Um, interesting goals for Minnesota. I loved how they came about, as we mentioned earlier, just fast counterattacks or set pieces. And that's how they're going to have to play. And I thought it was interesting goals by Minnesota last night. I am... Um... And and what really stuck with me after that goal was, you know, this is a young guy. Yeah, he didn't play it the way he should have, obviously. It's easy to say that when it goes in the back of the net. Yeah. But he did go up very awkwardly, very dangerously. But the reaction of Bond, their keeper, was really telling to me because he just lit him up. Yep, He just lit him up. And I'm thinking, man, this is a big, too big of a game. And this is a young player. Um I really thought that was a bad moment for LA. I, I didn't, I thought maybe that was, you know, if the whole team felt that way, that it was going to be a crushing blow. They, they did, you know, obviously rally and, and stay in, stay in the game and, and make it very dramatic. But, but I, I would be really, I, I can't imagine Tyler Miller doing that 
to a young a young player, regardless of the situation. No, the the reaction by LA Galaxy after giving up that third goal was it was probably disappointing for Galaxy fans, and that's probably not what they want, would have wanted to see. On the opposite end for them, they had a lot mm-hmm. of positives despite the draw in seeing themselves out of the playoffs. Uh, you got goals from Sebastian Legette, uh, and then two goals from Chicharito. Who would have expected that? Um, nobody, yeah. nobody thought that would happen. <laughs> no um, one called hey, Chicharito hey, scoring. Hey, here's the here's the, the amazing thing. At halftime, he barely he barely touched the ball in the first yeah. forty five minutes. I mean, I think he touched it once, and I'm thinking, there we go. We're shutting down the superstar. And uh, yeah, I, I spoke too soon because, man, and, and you know what? <laughs> he man, didn't just Chicharito show. He didn't just score goals. He scored some couple of really nice goals. Of guys, the guys on the galaxy of the guys on the galaxy who played the full ninety minutes, he touched the ball the least. He touched the ball thirty three times. Yeah, well. touched the ball the least, but he had the biggest impact for the galaxy because he doesn't need a whole lot of time on the ball. He knows how to score. That's what he's done in his entire career. Whether it was in Mexico, whether it was for Manchester United, whether it was in Sevilla, whether it was in Bayer Leverkusen, he's done it everywhere he's gone. He scores goals. He knows how to do it. And he took advantage of Minnesota's back line, which is something a lot of goal scorers who have been informed this season have not been able to do this season. Uh, yeah. But Minnesota, credit to them, hung with the punches and left L.A. with a 3-3 draw. Got the draw they needed. Um you know, it would have been really fun to end on a win. It'd been fun to win, dominate. But you know, this we, as we talked about, this team just doesn't do that. Um, and you know, going in, we thought you know a, a draw would get both teams in. I was hoping that Minnesota would win. I kind of liked the idea of uh, all the teams from California and all the teams from Texas being eliminated, and that ended up happening. So that yep. was fun, and we'll talk about that and write that down. So. Um, <laughs> So I think that this was a good, this was as this was just as good as a win to carry them into the playoffs to build momentum to give them confidence. Uh, this this was one of those ties that felt like a win. In fact, again, I, I got home that night and I said something to my wife about about the win, and yeah. she says, "Didn't they tie?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah, it, I almost it's made just, the big mistake of playing Wonderwall as, as the game. And I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> Wonderwall. No, no. So this was this was good. And you know what? They've got two weeks before they play in the playoffs. So you know, at by that time they'll have you know had many training sessions, and some of the players will have left for international duty and come back. And so you know, that's the only scary part of this whole thing is is sending guys off on international duty. Yeah. At such an important time, it's just such a weird situation in this country. Um, but oh, you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You got to deal with it. So, yeah. Uh, looking at the rest of the stats, Chicharito of the guys who played the entire ninety minutes for both teams, Chicharito touched the ball the least amount of times. He had five less touches than Tyler Miller had last night. So, <laughs> Chicharito not doesn't need a whole lot of time on the ball, but he will score whenever he gets it. Um, Minnesota. Secure a 3-3 draw, secure their third straight trip to the playoffs. LA Galaxy, though, because of a late goal by uh, Rail Salt Lake in their game, literally a last-minute goal in that one, see themselves drop out of the playoffs. MLS couldn't have scripted the dramatics anymore. It was the perfect uh, ending to an MLS season for for the league. I mean, they it yeah, played out exactly like cool. they would have wanted. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's it's fun. It what's it's what makes decision day so exciting. And, and the key is, you know, you can, you know, even if say the NFL moved all their you know final games and they didn't have any nothing on Thursday, nothing on Saturday night, nothing on Monday night, you could create that. But it was the it was the um, foresight to have two start times and every game was starting either the early game or the late game. No odd start times. That just adds to it and um, just made it kind of a cool day. And it's It also helped that you only had one team in the entire league. Well, one team that was trying to that was already in the playoffs that was that didn't really need anything out of the game out of the game on yeah. or yesterday. New England Revolution had already locked locked up Supporter Shield. They'd already locked up the best season in league history. They didn't need anything. Everybody else who was still fighting for a playoff spot still needed something, and most games featured either one or both teams still fighting for a playoff spot. So really well done by the league in their scheduling and predicting that out. So congratulations yeah. there. 
Um, let's get to a quick preview. We're going to do a deeper dive into a preview next week. But next up for Minnesota in about two weeks' time, we'll know the date here soon enough. Apparently, Major League Soccer is going to announce it here soon while we're broadcasting or recording this. So when that comes so out, we, we'll talk about it then. We can cover it live. We can cover it live, but it'll be. I, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict the 21st of November. <laughs> just that just popped into my head. I wonder how you know that. I don't know. <laughs> just I'm, I'm just the way. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't actually get announced for some reason when they're supposed to announce it, I'm going to have to go back and cut that out. Wait, can we? If we can do write that down. Before they announce it, I, that's going to be my write that down. Write that I'm down predict, they're going to play at five o'clock on October twenty first. I'm going to predict who they. Pl- I'm going to predict not only that. I'm going to predict who they play <laughs> and where they're playing oh. and the date. <laughs> Feeling good. Feeling good. It's, it's like we know things. Yeah. All right. So, a quick preview: first round at the Portland Timbers. Dates and time still be decided. <clears throat> sort of uh 10 wins in their last 14 matches for portland uh, minnesota though unbeaten in their last three trips to portland two wins one draw and six matches unbeaten against portland in total five wins one draw in those six matches dan so which, which what do you want to look at how freaking good portland is at home or how freaking good we've been against portland you know uh it's not just at home. Portland have been red hot going yeah, down the stretch here this season. They had a three-match losing streak, but then they followed it up with three wins to end the season. And before that, it was it was a bunch of wins in a row for them, uh, mixed in there with one draw. But yeah, they've been they've been one of the hottest teams down the stretch of the season here. Yeah, they're they're very good, and they're, that's a it's a noisy, rowdy, tough place to play. Um, but this Minnesota team is just messed up enough to go in there and cause problems. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, they s- s- chainsaw of hunk a log off to give me a break. That's so, that's so weak. <laughs> Which would you rather have? Would you rather have chainsaw? The chunk of, would you rather have the chunk of log that Portland does? Or would you rather have the goal call burned into a record track that Nashville does? I don't know. It's, I don't get it. It's true. It's no, actually, the, actually, the Portland Timbers one has been around. That tradition has been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, so it's okay. I'm just having fun with them. But, but the Nashville one, as soon as I heard that, I thought, um, trying too hard. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying not a too fan hard. Of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. we'll see Nashville coming up next year. Anyway, we'll that so a little bit. Nashville. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even know. You know what? Next week we'll. I'll have a prediction next week on what'll happen in Portland, but it's right now it's it's just too soon. I can't even Oh, you didn't want to I predict even, the playoffs? You didn't want to predict the playoff bracket? Sure, I can predict the playoffs, but not the Minnesota game. <laughs> you want to <laughs> predict the bracket when we don't know it yet? We know the bracket. Oh, but the bracket was set last night. It's just we don't know the dates and time. Everything could change depending on what day they play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll do that next week. Maybe if we I think we should do that next week. Bracket with them. Yeah. You can run through the brackets in case people don't know, but um Yeah, so let's get to because, across the league now. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a perfect time to do that. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it. My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Decision day, pure madness. Uh, let's get through the scores here briefly. Uh, let's start off in the Western Conference because that's all we really care about here on Loon Talk. 
Colorado just absolutely thrashed LAFC five to two. Royal Salt Lake, <laughs> as we mentioned, got the late winner over Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City for a 1-0 win there. Controversy there. We'll get to that in a little bit after we get through the scores. Portland get a 3-0 win over at or over Austin FC. Nothing really on the line there. Austin already eliminated. Portland already locked up fourth. San Jose get a 1-1 draw against Dallas. Chris Wondolowski announces his retirement. Again, we'll get to that in a second. And then Vancouver and Seattle battle out to a 1-1 draw, meaning the Western Conference standings, are as such. Colorado finished in first place. Congratulations. No, that's a, mis- that's a mistake. Congratulations to Robin Frazier. And now we will let Dan have the floor as he issues his mea culpa against Colorado for doubting them all season long. And all they do is battle it out and Every- become the best team in the Western Conference. Every They're not the best team in the Western have Conference. Have the floor, Dan. Apologize. They're, they're not the best team in the Western Conference. They won't be representing the Western Conference in the MLS Cup. And some weird, thin air, high altitude, Sasquatch freaky thing happened. Yes, happened and they won it because nobody, even Robin Frazier, didn't think his team would finish first in the West. He knew knew they were going to be better. And he had hoped they'd be a lot better. But even he would have laughed if you said you're going to win the Western Conference. No way. I still don't know how it happened. I keep looking back and going, what the hell happened to Seattle? Where did Seattle go? And they got injured is what happened to them. And they got injured and they just had a few speed bumps. But I don't – I yeah, whatever. I could come up with six right this downs for Colorado in the next couple of weeks. But I'll try and lay off. I, I, I still can't believe they won it. It's just weird. I don't think you know, I'm sure they're going the same thing going. How did, did we just what? We're, are we do we just the win? Loons leading goal scorer has more goals than the Colorado Rapids leading goal scorer. And we're the yeah. But Jack Price, 12 actual assists on the season. Jack Jack he Price is a good is a great player. Un- he, highly but, underrated. He, but after Jack Price, a lot of people have a hard time coming up with anybody noteworthy with Colorado. The guy who's been seeing the bench most of the season, Jonathan Lewis scores a brace on decision day to help his team to a five, two win. Like they just get, they get production from everywhere on that team. That's why their depth is, isn't just one through 11. Like a lot of teams in this league, it's one through like 18. They can start a bunch of different guys in a bunch of different formations. And they're just so good. They're, they're, they're just a really good team. I, I don't now know how he doesn't get coach of the year. Yeah, I mean that's that's incredible, and he's done it without you know the you know if they had gone from where they were last year, which was you know a playoff team, uh, to by adding a bunch of superstars and spending a, a boatload of money, but he did this by just having a good solid team that that bought into everything he was throwing at them and playing they have the smallest budget in the league. Yeah, they have the smallest no, cap hit in the league. And they're the number one team in the Western Conference, a conference that many people that follow this league consider the best or the better of the two conferences, the tougher of the two conferences. Absolutely, Robin Frazier, for me, gets coach of the year over Bruce Arena, who's done a wonderful job in New England over the past couple of years. And yes, I know New England ran away with the Supporter Shield title. They have the best season in league history. But Robin Frazier, for what he did in Colorado this season, Working wonders. You don't have a true number nine. You don't have a true goal scorer. You're getting goals from literally everywhere on the field. And you have one of the best goalkeepers in the league who's going to be up there in the goalkeeper of the year category for the amount of shutouts he had. You have a really good defense. You have Jack Price just bossing everything in the midfield. Colorado and Robin Frazier deserve coach of the year this year. Yeah, it shouldn't go anywhere else. It's it's amazing. Um, and doing that in a conference, and by the way, it, it is the West Conference, at least now and in recent years, is better than the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. Um, and that doesn't mean that New England isn't a great team. It means that, you know, they obviously the bottom end of the East is it's a little weaker than the bottom end of the uh, of the West. Um, so you are going to get a few more wins. I think that it would be different if we could get back to a time when the East and West played each other more. Yeah. Um, we'll then, then the, you know, opponents, then, then the, someone like New England would play more teams from the West yeah. and, and probably might, probably would have notched a couple more defeats <laughs> on the season. So um, hopefully we get back to that in the, in the coming seasons. All right. So 
Colorado finished first in the Western Conference. They get the first round by. Seattle finished second after their 1-1 draw. They will face seventh place Seattle in the first round. Then Kansas City, after their 1-0 loss to Real Salt Lake, finished third with Vancouver finishing sixth and Minnesota finished fifth with Portland finishing fourth. The storylines in these ones, uh, for me, Real Salt Lake going to Seattle. Uh, Freddy Juarez used to be the coach at one point of Real Salt Lake this season, but left to become the assistant manager of Seattle and now decide that he gave up on halfway through the season. Now heads to his place that he's now the <laughs> assistant manager of to try and knock them out of the playoffs in the first round. That's a wonderful storyline there. Then you have yeah. Sporting Kansas City who go in looking like they're banged up and injured against a Vancouver side that have just been rolling under Vanny Sartini, the guy who has wonderful quotes all over the place, saying last night in his press conference that, one, we're going to go into Seattle. One of the reporters asked him what his thoughts on going to Seattle were, and he goes, uh, we'll beat Seattle. Or going to Sporting Kansas City, he goes, oh, we'll beat Sporting Kansas City. Then he was asked um, – then he said later on in this press conference, quote, it's good that we don't play for two weeks because tonight we're going to get so drunk we wouldn't be able to play tomorrow. This guy's amazing. Hand he, that man the job he, for his quotes alone. He's he's It's very refreshing because in this day and age of everybody being so careful about what they say yeah. so that they don't get in trouble, um, he he's care. just – no, he's just walking that line and, and they go, you know, if, if you don't like what I say, too bad. And, you know, someday it might catch up fun. with him. But he's, yeah, he's having fun and it's kind of, it's, it's very refreshing. Yeah. I enjoy the quotes and the, the style of soccer they play. It's fun. Uh, how those guys have really bonded and just come together as a group underneath Vanny Sartini has been fun to watch. So that'll be a fun game to watch. And then you got Portland, Minnesota. We've already discussed the storylines and everything going into that one. So the Western Conference is going to be an absolute gong show throughout the playoffs because it's just going to – all these teams have been fighting each other all season long, and they're all so close in talent to each other that it's just – there's not really one team that's going to separate themselves from this group. Seattle might because they do it every year in the playoffs, but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, yeah you're not going to have a team run away with it, I imagine, in the in the Western Conference playoffs like New England probably will in the East. Yeah, I think uh, without giving away too much for write that down, yeah, I think New England's path will be much easier than whoever represents uh, the Western Conference in the MLS Cup, and so it'll be someone other than Colorado, obviously. And um, so I, I just, I, I, I have no idea who's going to come out. See if, like I said, Seattle is battle worn. Sporting KC when they're playing well, you know. Minnesota, if the defense shuts people down, I always have a chance chance to win as long as they don't get penalty kicks or go up a man. Then we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, we didn't so. even get to that. I completely forgot to go to Doink. Franco Fragapani taking a penalty kick and going too straight on and just pinging it off the outside of the post. Just probably not the best penalty kick he's ever taken. It was, I, you know, and I, I don't know what his career numbers are with PKs, um, but. I just think that, you know, Reynoso's the, you know, the backbone of this team. And I, I just, I, I guess if you're making, if I was making a list and said, here's the order in which you want guys to take penalty kicks, I don't, well, I know he wouldn't be number one. And I don't even think he'd be number two on my list. According to FB Ref, where we get most of our stats, he is two for four in his career in penalty kicks. So he's not even a guy that's taken very many. No, he's, He's 50%. No, he hasn't taken a whole lot. No, so that means other clubs he was with, he was not the guy. No. So see what a man Reynoso. So Reynoso has had a few, but I don't know what he did with Boca Juniors. But I would, I think I would put him probably first on my list just because this is a guy you want to put the Reynoso pressure on. not a lot either. No, he hasn't either. According to FBRF, and they track, they generally track a lot of stuff. I don't think mm-hmm. they track a lot of the – um, like the cups down in South America, because it doesn't sure. look like it has. Yeah, much, it's tough to in know. In league play, he had he's one for two. Okay, that's surprising. One that he me. made his Panenka that he made over Tim Melia was his first ever made penalty kick, according to FB Ref. Now that may there may actually be other stats that FB Ref doesn't have, but yeah, hmm. yeah, it's a surprising choice that Franco Fragapani stepped up. I was surprised as well when he stepped up for it. 
I just thought after after Reynoso had just scored the last game on one that that he was kind of going to become the guy, yeah. um, and I, I and that would make sense. Uh, you hope he's here for quite a while, and mm-hmm. and he's uh, you know such a big part of this team, and and um, but I, I think I would have put I definitely would have put Robin Lode ahead of Fragapane. Yeah, um, maybe Adrian Anu. I think strikers should be good at kicks. I don't know. But, you know, again, I guess you have to look at his numbers and see what Adrian has done in, in you know, in his, in his history yeah. too. But I, I, I don't know. And it doesn't matter. It turned out that it didn't make a difference. But, you know, you need to find that guy that is, you know, 90% on those things and have him ready to go whenever you need it. And um, Franco's kick – wasn't even close to going in. I mean, it hit it. It grazed the outside of the post, and it was you know, it was not going in. So yeah, it was um, no, no chance. Yeah, that's, but good thing is it didn't matter. Yeah, true. Uh, Can you imagine if we would have been in in LA's shoes, where all of a sudden we found out we had to win to get in, and you need and that, he, and it goes off. PK, Adrian, Adrian would have ran out there and taken it himself if that was the case. <laughs> Ooh, that wouldn't that would not be good scenes, but that would have been typical Minnesota sports fashion, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, it would have fit right in with the rest of them. You know, they had to do that. They had to uh, make an option, like in the playoffs, when you do have shootouts, that after you get through, say four or five, and it's still even, then the coaches go. Huh? Would that would no no no? Just bring back just bring back old school MLS goalie wars. Come on, bring them back. <laughs> bring them no. back. Can you would you imagine people tuning in to see Adrian in his uh in his navy his blue suit, suit <laughs> switching into a switching into a pair of boots and going out and taking one? I get you know what? If that was optioned, he would, would say he yes the, in a minute. Would he put on the cleats though, or would he keep on the shoes? Because we've seen him a number of times no. since he's since he's yeah. been the manager. When the ball's in the air, coming out of bounds, his touch is still good even in dress shoes. He would have he'd pull out some dusty old pair of boots. The from boots his he wears younger at days, all the time. And what's that? The boots he wears at practice all the time. The one he yeah. clearly has had since he was at Everton. Oh yeah, they're just beat up. He'd pull those on and he'd go out and he'd put one away. They're That'd not the fun. flashy neons. They're just straight up no. old school black cleats, and that's all they are. No, now now some of these shoes are literally they're just slip ons. Yeah, they're, no, they're like they just they time. hug their they hug their feet like ballet slippers. They don't weigh anything. I mean, soccer shoes, cleats used to be heavy, and now they just they don't weigh a thing. I, I imagine those guys burn through those shoes pretty quick because oh, they're yeah, so they lightweight, they can't be durable. No, they can't be. All right, back to decision day action and controversy. Once again, with a refing non-call, Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake. I'm just going to read this right from Pro, from the Pro Referees Organization. Yeah. Not a good night for them. Um, in the 90th minute, a handball offense occurred inside Real Salt Lake's penalty area. However, the referee did not award a penalty kick in real time, allowing play to continue. This was before Real Salt Lake ended up scoring their game-winning goal. Mm-hmm. The VAR, when checking the play, saw that the ball made contact with Real Salt Lake defender Justin Glad's right hand, but concluded that the non-awarding of a penalty kick did not reach the threshold of a clear and obvious error and therefore did not recommend a video review to the referee. However, and they say this in the statement, the footage shows clear movement to the ball by the hand of Glad in a manner which can reasonably be interpreted as being consistent with a handball offense. In pro's judgment, a, VA, a video review should have been recommended and a penalty kick awarded. Pro considers this decision not to re- recommend a review to be an error by the VAR. And what would have happened should that have been given and Real Salt Lake would have scored the goal, they would have gone up. They would have, or had they scored the goal, they would have gone up in the game 1 0 into stoppage time. And that would have meant they jumped from 58 points to 61 points. And they would have been ahead of Colorado in the standings based off of the total wins category. And they would be first place in the Western Conference, getting that coveted first round by, which they would have needed because they're injured all over the place right now. So the referees not calling a play, not calling a foul, a clear foul, and not going to VAR for it impacted standings in the Western conference. This, this confirms what I was kind of thinking all along. And we've talked about this before that I don't think the VAR refs are comfortable overruling 
yeah. referees on the pitch. And this and what you read just confirms that yeah, the absolutely. VAR ref thought it was a handball. The VAR ref didn't have the balls to communicate that to the ref on the pitch and say, hey, you need to come look at this. There was a handball. That's what's wrong with this. You gotta go. You can't. You can't not even look at it. You have to go at least look at it. Take the time and look at it. We have stop. That's what we have stoppage time for. Note the amount of time you're taking to go look at it. Just add it on afterwards. You have the time to do it. You fire fire that VAR ref so they all know that they have to do their job. And it's not the first time that particular VAR ref, according to reports, has made a has made an error in the VAR duties this season. So it's not the first time he's done it this season. Yeah. There needs to be a whole new training apparently for VAR ref, refs and there needs yeah. to be more confidence in those guys to overrule the ref on the field. There's got to be a uh, general consensus. You know, soccer referees it's different than referees and officials and umpires in other sports. There's a uh how do I say it? There's there's a uh a little bit of a rock star quality in a lot of them. It's a little there, there, there's a little too much. I am the man. I am the man in the middle. NFL this refs are trying to get, a, get ahead of that one though. This, this season that? with the roughing the pat NFL refs this season with the roughing yeah. the passer calls are trying to make themselves the rock yeah. stars. But it, it, it's it's too much. This is a, this is my game. Yeah. This is my show. No, no, it's not. You're there to make sure that everybody plays fairly, and your only job is to try and get the calls right. And they've given you a tool called VAR. And you know what? If you get it wrong and VAR, VAR corrects it, then too bad. You know, you. If I don't, I don't talk think, about the ref in the post game show, then the ref has done their job well. They should be. They should right. They should be, uh, for the most part, not a part of the decision unless yeah. it's to get it right, and then they have to make a decision. But I think something's going to have to give because I feel yeah, like. Really. There is not only the VAR problems, but uh, this, as soon as they know he's going to make a call or hand out a, a caution, gathering around the referee, they, I've seen them grab his hand and try and stop him from pulling the yeah. card out of his shirt. I mean, are they going to wait until someone you know knocks a referee down or it, it becomes physical? Um, man, there's no other sport. I mean, you know, you see your baseball uh, – managers will get in the face of an umpire but they're going to be ejected that's all theatrics though it's all theatrics but that's because they want to be ejected and get their yeah. team going so if someone gets in the face of a referee and which that's the most bogus thing on the planet i'm gonna get ejected just to get my team going <laughs> if you need that to get your team going you're well, not a good coach i'm sorry well, it's not. not always that sometimes like with twins uh, world series champion manager tom kelly sometimes he just wanted to go to his office and have a cigar <laughs> <laughs> he was Fair bored yeah. he was bored but They've got some things to work out, and um, yeah. you know, some games you, you get five minutes of extra time added on because they 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 gather around and bully and badger the referee for four minutes after he makes a call. Yeah, shouldn't be allowed. Too much crap. Yeah, uh, MLS needs to get the refs in shape. They have not had a good season. Ah, here it is. Here we go. We got the announcement. First round MLS Cup playoffs match against Portland. This from Andy Greeter against Portland Timbers will be at 4.30 p.m. Central Time Sunday, November 21st at Providence Park ha. and will air on ESPN. You can listen to it with Dan Terrar, myself, Callum Williams, and Kendra Dicianabin over on Score North, scorenorth.com, or live.scorenorth.com and Score North on AM 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Uh, so, yeah, we were correct on that. Go That's figure. if Andy's right. You can't, you know, Andy. He's taking it from a, pre- he's taking it from a press release, so. Okay. I guess we'll go with Andy. That's if then. the league's right, then, which... As we just discussed, they're not good at getting things right right away. Um, other news across the league, Tab Ramos out in Houston, two years largely unsuccessful, makes it the eighth head coach change this season. Still could actually still see more. Bob Bradley's contract is up in L.A., and whether or not Matias Almeida stays in San Jose is yet to be seen. So we could get up to 10 coaching changes in the league this season, and someone said there was no pressure on MLS clubs in the regular <laughs> season because there's no relegation. Ten coaching changes in one season out of twenty-eight teams says otherwise. You think that's? I think that's a lot. lot huh? <laughs> Almost over a third, over half, or a third of the league. Yeah, and an incredible yeah, amount of turnover. And why? Yeah, I don't know. And and yeah, I'm just so glad that we're not part of that because 
only out of all those teams, you know how many are going to replace a coach and get a really great coach and, you know, change their world? Atlanta's um, the only one this season that did. They got rid of Gabriel Heinz up, brought in, I can't remember his name, but brought in the assistant from Seattle, and they went from out of the playoffs and into a playoff spot. So they're the only so, ones this season who changed their fortunes. Sometimes people want a new coach so bad Vancouver because teams. they only remember the teams that got a new coach and it changed their world. Most of the time that doesn't happen. Um, there aren't just really, really great coaches just hanging around waiting for a job. Yep. So there might be one or two. But if you don't get those one or two, you're probably just changing to make a change. Didn't San Jose um, change their uh, – didn't San Jose confirm today that they were keeping their coach? They're keeping their G, their interim GM. He's now given the full GM title is what happened there. Oh, okay. That's what it was. I knew I saw a headline about uh, San Jose making a decision, but that was on their GM. Okay. Other news from San Jose, Chris Wondolowski announced his retirement yesterday after scoring his 171st and last goal in Major League Soccer. It was their, it was San Jose's lone goal in their 1-1 draw against FC Dallas to close the season. Hell of a career for Chris Wondolowski. We talked about it in the post-match show, and it was questionable whether that mark will be reached again. I mean, there's going to be talent in the league for sure, but whether they stick around long enough to get to that mark is going to be a whole question in and of itself. Yeah, they've got to stick around. They've got to stay healthy, and they've got to play till they're practically forty to do that. And those are all things that are tough to do. It's a good thing he retired, and I'm happy he scored a goal. Every player should get a chance to score a goal in their last game after cricket. But yeah. but if, if it wasn't for Wondolowski, there was no reason to even mention that that game happened. It was uh, no. it was if you were, if you were putting a pecking order of which games to watch on decision day, that one was deadless. So. The only reason you might have mentioned it is whether or not that was Ricardo Pepe's last game in the league. And it might be. Yeah, there is that. Some of the reports that we've seen. So, um, other news. This happened late last or in the middle of last week. So we haven't been able to talk about it yet, but I know you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. Taylor Twelman broke during or broke this news during halftime of the Rail Salt Lake Portland match during the ESPN halftime show of that one that the Chicago Fire had informed eight of their players before the final game of the season that their options would not be picked up. Obviously, that didn't go down well with the players, and Tolman reported that those players decided that they wouldn't play. I didn't go back to check how many of those guys did or did not play. Uh, Most of them traveled except one. Dan, I'm going to give you one guess at the Chicago player that was told their option was not going to be picked up that did not travel because he went to go play or went to go to his national team camp instead. You wear number five? Yep. Are you surprised that Francisco Calvo is the one who decided, yeah, no, nah, I'm out of here, bro. I would have, yeah, I would have been, I would have really disappointed in Calvo if he had stayed. <laughs> why, yeah. why would they? He decided he was, he was, he was done with the Chicago fire because they were done with him, even though there was still one game left in the season. He was, he'd rather go well, to the Costa Rica camper. But not to, not to defend, you know, Calvo, but why the hell would you do that? No, why would you make an announcement Chicago. like that? Why would anybody want to play for a team that does stupid things like that? It's it's so poor. Not the greatest response from the players, but I totally get it. But yeah, absolutely. No, no. I mean, Chicago to do that. I mean, yeah, the players. You got to think. Come on, man. Have a little more class than that. But yeah. But we found out who doesn't have more class than that. But but as an organization, why why in the hell would you do that? I don't know. I can't give That's you. Just, an honest answer why you would do that. It makes no sense to me why you would decide, hey, we still got one game left. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything because we've been eliminated from the playoffs, but let's go ahead and tell these guys, yeah, we're not going to pick up your contract. But, hey, can you still play one more game for us? No. I don't get that. That's just weird. Yeah, I'm surprised more of them didn't bail on them. So. Uh, lastly, in look across the league, this one's a bit uh, – there's a lot to this one. 2022 schedule and conference realignment are out. Dan, you ready for a kickoff? Uh, the opening match of the season to be February 26th, earliest it's ever been. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess that Minnesota United are going to play on the road for a couple games to start the season. Well, that's what a you know reasonably intelligent person would do. So I'm no, guessing we'll open up at home. February 26th. I want another snow opener. Wow. Bring it. I want to be Man. cold in that broadcast booth, enjoying, what, 20-degree weather, snow on the ground still. Give me a snow opener. Man, 
It's, it's amazing. That's just right. incredible. So openers on t- February 26th. Because wow. the World Cup is taking place in December and starts at the very end of November, decision day this year is October 9th with the playoffs starting the week after. So there's no two-week break. It is immediately starting afterwards, and it's a three-week yeah. sprint for the playoffs and with MLS Cup final on November 5th, so less than a month after decision day. Two weeks, is too mu- two, uh, two weeks is way too much. None of these yeah. teams – want to wait two weeks to start the playoffs. You have you have this spectacular decision day, and I've already told you all, all I think it's one of the best things that the MLS has ever done. Uh, they've done it. It's it's just it's great. It's the perfect way to end a great season. And and then, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. We got all this momentum. Everybody's fired up. And then, all right, <laughs> see you in two weeks. Yeah, we're going to take a break. It's, Bye. It's just disastrous. And I, and I know why. I mean, they have a yeah. reason to do it. They're not just doing it because they're dumb. They're doing it because, you know, if you want the best players playing, you're going to have to give it a break. But I don't know. I just I feel like if that was the case, they should have done – I don't know. You yeah. either got to get done before this or you had to wait till after this. And yeah. uh, it's just – it's so – it's such a letdown after a great decision day. And now, well, yeah, I'll see you in a couple weeks. So. Other news from the schedule and conference realignment, Charlotte FC will join the league. They will join the Eastern Conference, meaning for at least one season, Nashville will be bumped back to their original conference, the Western Conference. Yeah, Nashville, which is farther east than Chicago, is now in the Western Conference. But <laughs> they'll probably get bumped back next or the following season when St. Louis FC joins the league. Um, they'll probably be bumped into the Western Conference with Nashville going back to the Eastern Conference. Um, 17 home games, 17 away, obviously. Each team will play each of their conference opponents home and away, and they will face eight non-conference opponents once next season. Good, uh, good, other good. news, other good news with the the uh, schedule announcement: all weekend matches, with the exception of five or fewer midweek matches, targeting one midweek match in each of May, June, and July, with two in August, and the midweek games won't come in consecutive weeks. So they are spreading out the games. Thankfully, they're not going to do these massive like. Four game stretches or four so, games in fourteen days. Sounds like the players' union got involved. <laughs> sounds like sensibility finally got involved. Well, that and, too. Yeah, there might have been a little sensibility that popped in there. So and know. lastly, and I know you'll appreciate this one a whole lot. League is will avoid scheduling matches during international breaks. Only at teams' requests will games be considered in the March window and the second weekend of the June window. Teams will not be allowed to request matches during the September window and the full schedule will be announced later this calendar year. All right, look forward to that. Um, yeah, they're doing the best they can. And I, I I like to poke fun at the MLS, but they're trying to basically run a professional soccer league and work around every other league on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and I don't have, you know, the solution to all these problems but I just don't think they can keep making the season longer and longer and longer. And, and obviously it's a world cup year. So this is a, uh, a one year uh, change yeah. because of the world cup. And, and that's obviously worth it. Um, if the United States gets in, if we don't, I think we should just keep playing um, <laughs> and play on. So um, the only problem this uh, has for someone is for the teams that make the MLS cup final this year. Because usually you have a six-week pre-match or preseason, so mm-hmm. if you do six weeks out from February 26th, you're into the last week of July or the second to last week of July, or January, excuse me. Which means the teams that make the MLS Cup final this season will play December 10th, I believe, is when it is, and yeah. they will be back in preseason training the second week of January. You'll have about three weeks off. Do you think that would be uh, that kind of schedule would deter some? very good international stars who might be thinking, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come to the United States. Maybe I'll play. And then they go, well, you'll have to play for basically 11 months and get one month off. I wonder if that's, if that will deter some people. from. I think it's only just this one time that they're doing that. Because of the world cup. Yeah. Yeah. But I think next season, if you're looking at it, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of stars come to MLS because of how, or when the world cup is. They're probably mm-hmm. going to stick in the, the league that they're in and finish or go. And if they're going to come to MLS, they're going to come to MLS after next season's or next year's World Cup. 
because it'll be World Cup will end at the end of December with the January transfer window opening. Then MLS will be in preseason opening their transfer window, bring in the stars then after World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of stars coming in over the next year. Um, that's it for look across the league. Dan, you ready for a very jam-packed full write that down? Yeah, you started the whole trend of pushing things off till the end of the regular season, so now we got to pay the price. <laughs> sure do. Here we go. Let's bring up the slide here on the YouTube feed. Uh, write that down is our weekly soccer-related prediction segment. We each make three soccer-related predictions. At least one of them has to be Minnesota United-related. We'll keep track of correct predictions throughout the year. Most goals at the end of the year wins the coveted golden boot. But before we start making our predictions, Dan, we have an accountability session. And I've broken these up because there's so many to get through. We're going to start off with our incorrect predictions first, and then we'll end with our correct predictions, and then we'll end with the record or with the goals tally. So let's start off with you. Plenty of red to go through here. Oh my! Okay, let's just move on to the next one. We'll go through these quickly. We don't have to delve into them too much unless you want to say something about them, why you said that. All right, you said Gustavo Bo will win the Golden Boot. He didn't. You said Minnesota United will finish in fourth place or within two points of fourth place. They finished five points shy of that. Seattle will win the West by five points. They did not do that. They didn't even win the West. You said Minnesota's goal differential will get to even or better by the end of the season. Uh, It's negative two at the end of the season. You said we'll get to this one in a second because this one's controversy filled. Uh, You also said Emmanuel Reynoso will be involved in all of Minnesota goals against the Galaxy. He was not. And you said Adrian Anu and Chicharito will both be kept off the score sheet on Sunday. That was a reaction to one of my predictions. They both scored. So you get one wrong, I get one right. Sucker. Such a sucker. The other one that I didn't get to, because this one's controversy filled. Your words verbatim, Minnesota will beat LA Galaxy on decision day and leapfrog Minnesota over Vancouver into sixth place. Vancouver will finish seventh. LA Galaxy will not make the playoffs. Minnesota beat LA Galaxy on decision day. They did not have to leapfrog Vancouver because they started the day ahead of Vancouver and they finished in fifth place. So what the hell was I thinking? You you added way too many words and numbers in there. What the hell? You did yourself in there. Jesus, just shut up and make a pick. <laughs> Should have just said Minnesota will beat LA Galaxy and Galaxy will not make decisions. I thought that's what I did say. All right, fine. Go to the big full list of green ones now. So here's the red. Oh, you're for doing me. all yours first. Okay. We're doing all the wrongs first. Uh, I said Adrian Anu will score double-digit goals this season for Minnesota. He did not. I said Chicharito will be the leading goal scorer in the league this season. He did not. I said Emmanuel Reynoso will have 10 or more primary assists by the end of the season. He did not. And then LA Galaxy will lose on Sunday and miss the playoffs. Well, they missed the playoffs, but they didn't lose, even though it felt like a loss to them. Uh, the guests, they had a couple come off the board. Callum Williams back in September said Minnesota United will finish in the top four. Nope. They did not. And then Andy Greeter said Adrian Anu will score the game-tying goal at the Galaxy, and we'll get to them to the playoffs. We'll score the first goal of the game, and it did end up getting them to the playoffs. That was actually so. pretty close. So It was a pretty good prediction. Yeah. Uh, for the right, we'll start off with me here, the correct predictions. I said LAFC will miss the playoffs this year. Ding. Uh, Gustavo Bo will not win the Golden Boot. That was a reaction to you. Uh, both Adrian Anu and Chicharito <laughs> will find the score sheet this weekend. They both did in glorious fashion. And then this one in – I listened back and you said, this is the wildest prediction I ever made. I said, Colorado Rapids will win the Western conference and by God, they did it in a five, two, what the hell was that? You were, you were high on Tahitian treat and chocolate milk. You didn't even know what you were saying. It worked. Uh, You and so that was four correct predictions this week for me. Mm -hmm. You had five. You said the loons will make the playoffs in 2021. They did. You said Chicharito will not be the leading goal scorer. I think I made that pick. Uh, that wasn't as easy as it looks. I think I made that pick back after they were like 0-4. Yeah, you did. That was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. You said Makai Debasi will play every minute left in the season. That was like a couple weeks ago. That was three games left, and he did. You said there will be no score in the first 45 minutes of the Vancouver-Minnesota United match. That was a controversy from last week. I gave it to you. I, I deserve that one because that's how I actually it. intended it to be that way. Okay. That we'll wasn't just it. me getting lucky with my wording. I said it that way for that reason. We'll let you have it. And then you said Tyler Miller will get a clean sheet against LA Galaxy. He did not, but you covered it by saying if he doesn't get the clean sheet, he'll make six or more saves. He made seven. That was, that was a massive huge. game for him. So. I'm very I'm very proud of that last one. That stoppage, those stoppage time saves that he made left, helped you get that point. So, left myself a loophole. 
You got five goals this week. I got four. Where does that leave us, Dan, in the standings? Dead even. I am at 23. You are at 22. Oh, I thought I was, I thought I was only one behind you. Still nil. I thought I was so only one behind you going in. I was two behind. Okay. So we are dead even or pretty dang near dead even going into the playoffs. 23 goals to 22. Yep. All right. It's so it's going to be exciting. That means it's time to make some predictions. I believe I went first last week. So, Dan, the honor is all yours, sir. Okay. Minnesota versus Portland. The game-winning goal in that match will come in either extra time, overtime, or a shootout. Extra time is overtime. So extra time or a shootout? No, I'm I'm talking about your stoppage, stoppage time. time. Stoppage time. Stoppage time, yeah. Your extra time, time. Extra time or... Penalty time, injury time. Yeah, okay. All right. Overtime. I like it. Leaving it late. Okay, stoppage time. Does that mean second half stoppage time or first half stoppage time? (laughs) The game winning goal, the game winning goal (laughs) will come in extra time, overtime, or a shootout. Okay, all right. All right, write that down. (laughs) Dan, write this down. The Loon's leading goal scorer in the playoffs will be Adrian Anu. Okay. I don't know how many games they're going to play, but Adrian Anu will finish the playoffs (laughs) as the Loon's leading goal scorer. In just the playoff games alone. So it doesn't mean you add his numbers on to his regular season total. So it could only be one game. Could only be one game. Could be four. Who knows? Hope it's it's more than one. Oh, would be amazing if it's one. All right, write that down. You're tempted. Uh, No, don't fall for it. Don't get sucked in. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to trick you, and I'm not even trying to do it. Number no, I just mess with my head. Number two, um, Friday USA against Mexico. Um, USA will win that match, and the total goals in that game will be three or less. I like it because that was going to be my next prediction. USA Mexico, always known as Dos Acero. I'm going to go. It's that scoreline again. Dos Acero, US two, Mexico nil. In Cincinnati, U.S. get a massive win in okay. qualifying, shutting out Mexico on home soil. Dos Acero. That should be fun. I want to. Yeah. I want to watch that. I'm one. so that excited for fun. Friday. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good Friday? one. Yes, I believe so. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to pause movie night for that. All right. We're watch so, a Marvel movie number three. The MLS Cup will feature somebody against New England. Okay, so, so you're having New England come out of the Eastern Conference. New England's going to walk through the East. They, they, there's nobody over there that's going to knock them off. So, all right, you ready for this one, Dan? Oh, yes. By the way, the controversy was I said there was controversy involved with write that down. Oh I yeah, was going through the records, and I noticed that two weeks ago when we had Andy Greeter on, I was a bad host, and I had to go back and listen. I was a bad host. I skipped over your third pick. You didn't get to make a third pick, so technically, you have made one less pick this season than I have. Okay, so, so I get an extra one. You have to make so I get an extra pick. one tonight. I get to go first and last tonight. That could be yep. huge. So here's my final write that down prediction. Write this down, Dan. A team other than Seattle will come out of the Western Conference this season in the playoffs. Write that down. Okay. Seattle will not make the MLS Cup final this season. Okay. Are you looking at my notes? Nope. Okay. This is me kind of trying to dupe you into pick. No, I already had this pick, so you're not duping me. Colorado will not represent the Western Conference (laughs) in the MLS Cup. And I have that that written down right here. I did not go (laughs) off of you. That was my pick. So so on Loon Talk, we're we're saying it's going to be someone other than Colorado and Seattle in the the MLS Cup final this year. You're saying that. I think it's going to be Seattle, but (laughs) you're saying it's not. All right. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun playoffs. We've got... We'll have USA-Mexico to talk about next Monday. Oh, I am excited for that. I cannot wait. Uh, Only two games this World Cup qualifying window. So back to the normal. Uh, Should be a fun one on Friday evening. Excuse me. Evening out in Cincinnati for that one. We'll talk about that next week on Loon Talk. Dan, good stuff this week. We had a jam-packed show to get through. A lot of stuff to get through. Minnesota onto the playoffs for the third straight season. You can hear that game. uh, What was it? 4.30 Central Time 
on yes. Score North with Dan <clears throat> Terhar, Callum Williams, and Kinder D. St. Aubin, and myself over on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com on October on November 21st. I cannot wait for it. Out at Portland, it's going to be fun, Dan. Yeah, next week here on Loon Talk, we'll dig deeper into that match and uh, talk about the lineups that we expect and, and what we what we think will happen. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. Can't wait. It'll be, it'll be a fun one. We'll talk to you then. We'll talk to you next Monday, and then we will we'll have the game after that. We will talk to you then. Yep, thanks, everybody. See you. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see we can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.